that's great. You know, it, it, you're, you're right. Saying what you're saying, Stan. You know, and Gary does. You know, we times change, and and it's strange. You know, it, because of such a you know a world disaster, it's taken us to to get back to this sort of thing, and we are recording as much as we can around these memories, and let's see what happens uh, at the end of it. Well, uh, what a, what a uh, lot of people don't realise, Jess, is that when Gary went down to Devon, he, he was headhunted. As a result of his captaincy at Lawrence, they were looking for a replacement for the Hound of the Basket. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was the man. He was the man. <laughs> Thank you to our three sponsors for supporting our podcast. John Russell's Art Caterers and Milltown Pies, who offer fantastic catering services. Alexander Grace Law, who provide modern and client-led legal services. And SBE Furnishings, who offer high-quality furnishings and electrical items at fantastic prices. Browns not away. You tap the ball into the slips and decide to pat the track down. And have a... They ran me out, that policeman. With Blaise. And yeah. second slip ran you out. Yeah. And Mick Everett, to his eternal shame as a police inspector, runs in from third man. How's that? How's that? And you're given out. There was almost an international incident. There's a bit of chest puffing that day. <laughs> yeah. I went down the wicket, back the wicket, they ran me out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But the, the, the story we've referred to earlier, and I didn't do it justice when I was on. At East Lanks, when you were the captain with your 100% record. Stand, stand at first, first slip. I, I, I want your experience. I want your expertise. I want your job. By the time we get to the 10th over, you've dropped about three catches. You've missed about <laughs> four, four buys have gone through. You're having a nightmare. They're picking singles up right, left and centre. <laughs> fours through obvious places. Get to the 10th over and I say, Chris, do you mind if I just... And you just said, we'll leave it as it is. <laughs> So we get to the end of the door and say, I say, Chris, I'm not being funny, mate. I do say, shut your mouth and fuck off now to serve. Somehow we win the game. But you've been captain, I think you've been captain now over the last couple of three years, seven or eight times, we've won every game. We've won every game. Yeah. You're, you're unstoppable. You've got a 100% record. <laughs> You're unstoppable. You come in the changing room, high fiving, floating in, floating in your inflated chest, and you turn around to me and you say, "You shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> oh, what can I say? It's an almighty round. We move on. We go back to the house. The second time played East Lights. Ryan Esketh has got ten for fifty-seven. 10th of 57, <laughs> lost by three. <laughs> you're in such a bad mood, you say to Ryan Esketh, fucking hell, Ryan, so you've got 10th of 54 with a one. Jesus. I'm sweating buckets. We had a laugh, didn't we? We had a good time. Can we, uh, can we try and clear up? One particular game, Cam, that uh, you will remember it, and me and Scotty had a few messages to and fro today. So I, I'll just set the scene. And I'm just getting to Carry on, Jez, I'm listening. Yeah, because you can't remember it. I'll just set the scene, Stan, and then you tell me your version of it. 
1986, there is a series of run-outs in quite a close game. <laughs> it's involving the tea that the Rishton catering and tea room have kindly put together and brought into the dressing room. Can you tell me, Stan, what happened on that day? Well, Scotty was the innocent participant in that, but it wouldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> I can assure everybody now, we've not got four hours of If you ran, you splattered the back of your trousers with mud. You couldn't stop. It was horrendous. And we're playing at Richard, and I'm batting with Higgy. And I said, right, Higgy, are you agreeable? We're going for everything. And, and, and as you can, you can just picture Higgy, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're, going, we're going for everything. Not an ounce of intelligence behind, behind his response, but we're going for everything. He smashes the ball into the middle of the bat into the crib. The fields haven't got a prayer of stopping it. Off I go. I get up three quarters of the way down. Higgy's not moved. No. <laughs> So you can imagine on that wet surface, the turning circle of the QE2, a, a few roadrunner, acme skid marks, and, and run out, trying to turn round by about four yards. I'm absolutely... absolutely Mary anyway, Stan, didn't you? Uh, yeah, well, on that surface, on that surface, I probably turn, turn round like Venus. Uh, <laughs> I went to the changing room, I'm absolutely ripping. And in those days, in, at Rish, you put your tea in a bag and write your name on it. So I threw his sandwiches out of the at Rishton. In a fit of pit. Most unlike me, because not a lot of things ruffle me, but that just completely inutile. Stan. Uh, unfortunately for Chris, Iggy was out the last ball unexpectedly. And he came in. And he just ate Scottish sandwich. Not to keep No sandwiches left. He said, uh, Stan, he said, uh, guys, he said, anybody see me sandwiches? <laughs> I said, well, last I looked, Scotty, if you stand on that bench and look out through the skylight, they're nestling in that puddle in the carpet. <laughs> and he, he was completely oblivious. He scoffed Scottish sandwich. What did he say? What did he say? That was it. That was it. Absolutely oblivious to anything going on around me. I'm just, but a fabulous guy, a good wicket. I'm, I'm just picturing the scene now. Um, you know, the call comes back to Lower House, uh, first team game. Some one of the current first eleven has thrown uh, one of their sandwiches that had been carefully prepared by the by the tea lady. He's thrown it out of the skylight onto the car park. Stan, how do you react to that? <laughs> well, Joe, I've always said this. When we started these podcasts, it's not what we did; it's what you have to do now. And and we're a lot more professional now. Um, we're a lot wiser. But by God, surely you can have a bit. It's funny. I got that because uh, I was looking today. If Henry, Cotton, if Henry Cotton throws King Defree's sandwiches out the window, well, <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a quiet. <laughs> it's funny. Obviously. Um, your mind plays tricks with you. So, I, and I knew it was Rishton away, and I couldn't work out. I knew Scotty were involved. I knew. I knew I were involved. Yeah. I knew the skylight was involved, and there was some, but I couldn't remember the story. Yeah, but what is interesting? You look at the scorecard. They had Wayne Daniel as pro, and it was soaking wet. You're right, Stan. And we were 
we were cruising. I can't remember. It's just from the scorecard. We're cruising at, you know, 132 for five. And then there's three runouts. Brain Higgin, Stan Eaton and Chris Scott. I all got run out that game. So I couldn't work out who was run out and who throws who sandwiches out the uh, the skyline. <laughs> there, were, there were times, Jez. I mean, I, I just used to wind Scott up endlessly because he was a red hot socialist, and uh, and, oh. I, and I'm a socialist, but yeah. uh, but we're different. And I walk in the changing rooms and I'd say something like, "Bloody hell, fire Maggie Thatcher sorted them unions out," and boof. <laughs> I might, as, I might as well have thrown hand grenade in. He's off. He's off. <laughs> that was the same at work as well, weren't it? We were the same at work. Yeah. We yeah. were. And we were, we were two, two kids, two lads brought up in pretty Very much similar. poverty. Yeah, similar, but politics just got us going. I, yeah. once, I once got together 40 Labour Party, vote Labour uh, stickers. Um, and pamphlets and sheets and posters, and I was going to Dobie's house and car. <laughs> out at the last minute because I thought if somebody throws a brick through his window, I'll never forget. Let's talk about um, an incident. I think would have been uh, you two will probably know eighty eight ish, something like that. I'm living on Albion Street, eight, maybe eighty nine, and um, I was frequented by some friends who had nowhere else to get a cup of tea. So yes. two of these really good friends have made big time. They're Starsky and Hutch, and they're now allowed to wear <laughs> jeans and tracky oh. bottoms, and they're not going to do all that. I to tell it, Stan. I do want to tell it. We probably remember it differently. Or well, I, Chris, I Chris, I'll start it off and you correct me. But Chris and I were on burglary squad, which was an adjunct of CID. But we, our specific role was burglary. And there was a horrific murder on Colton Road, opposite Brian Higgins' house the victim of, uh, of a heinous burglary murder. Uh, I, I won't go into details because you never know, a family may be listening. But it was it was horrific. And Chris Scott and I were, were brought in as really ancillary. We're, we're burglary squad. I think probably Dave Kroll and Dave Fleming or maybe Steve Hazelwood were, were, were on the burglary squad. We're doing house-to-house inquiries. And house-to-house inquiries is really a tick box episode episode and you're very very low so you in chris's chris's case and i we were quite conscientious you do an hour of house to house inquiries who lives here who lives here but isn't here who lives next door who lives next door regularly who, who's a comer and to and fro from you build up a picture and we go to jez's old house on albion street jez isn't in the plan then and we do the house to house inquiries and, and and on the hour Chris and I would have a break because you've got to have a break to refresh yourself. And a break every hour. Yeah. We're raining, oh, oh, yeah. We're raining as well. Taxpayers' <laughs> money, a break every hour. How did, did you survive? I'm sorry if that offends you, but to refresh yourself, you'd have a break. Chris and I had five minutes in the pandemic, in the uh, CID car. And on this particular occasion, we've just done Jez's house, we're trying to name the 1969 Leicester City losing team. Correct. Neil Young, John Schulberg, Nish. Alan Clark, Andy Lockett, Peter Shilton, Peter Rodriguez. I can still nearly get there with it. That's all. Which, pray to that, we've done the Crystal Palace team for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Scotty says to me, he said, there's a guy working, walking up here and he's wearing the same type of training as the murderer, which is a very popular brand. So I, I'm driving. 
and I peek across, and I knew the offender as a mugger of old ladies who would always get a digging on the old lady. He wasn't satisfied. He just snatched. So I didn't know him, did I, Stan? No, you didn't. You didn't. I recognised him. I didn't know the, the the Dunlop 65 side of it because you'd been up to the Incident. to the dinner time briefing and kept it to you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. jump out the car, we're holding, we touch base with the murder squad, who were a bit iffy about locking him up, take his details, and Scotty says, and me and Scotty look at each other, we're not letting him in go, we're not letting him go, he's coming in, I think he's got blood on his... So we bring him in against... Against the advice of the hierarchy. Take the training shoes up to the forensic. The chief inspector's there. He says, I think that's gravy. <laughs> yeah. And he was the top detective in the county at the time. And another detective chief inspector, who was considered a bit of a wide boy, said, I think we should have it forensically tested, which was obvious, but he said that. Forensically tested, cut a long story short, this guy was the murderer. Chris and I got a judge's commendation for detecting the murder. And sadly, omitted from all of that praise was Jess. Because if it hadn't been for his house, yeah. for his cup of tea, we would never have been in a position to name the last 69 FA Cup losing. Neil Young scored the winning goal. We'd never yeah, yeah, I remember it well. I don't, I'm not 88 or something like that. It, uh, I remember it well. And I got on CID on the back of it. I think you got promoted, Stan, fairly soon after. We, no, we, we, we both got a, a judge's commendation. Nicky and Charlie, Frank and Stan got stuck in a quarter loop. Charlie tossed one in the air and Frankie followed through. Jez, you talked about how motivational uh, Chris was. Yes. Um, and I'd only ever heard stories about him, but I met him for the first time probably four years ago. He was having some kind of do at the cricket club. Yeah, and I came and out and didn't I? Yeah, um, and I reckon we chatted for 45 minutes an hour. And at the end of it, I would have joined a cult if, uh, if, I, if I, he'd I, had I one. Did I did enjoy it, though. I could genuinely, I could chat to him about cricket and wicket-keeping for hours on end. It was Keith, Keith, in, Keith introduced us. Yeah, um, I remember it well, uh, and I enjoyed that myself. And I thought, what a nice, I'm just saying because you're there, but what a nice you well. And uh, keep it up, you know, keep it, keep it going. Thank you. Catch every ball. Remember, every ball. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. description of what Chris was like in, coming in the first team, he didn't know many of us. You know, when he first came in, he was just thrust in there. And But, you know, certainly myself and I know other players, you would come off there and you think, you know, he wasn't the captain. He wasn't you know, anything special other than being a pro. He didn't play for us before. But you would come off and you think, crikey, I'll work hard if he's in our side. You're right, Joe. You know how Scotty said earlier about he'd try and go through the whole game without um, dropping a ball? Have you ever thought of trying that or have you thought of more realistic <laughs> challenges like maybe catching a unicorn or finding the end, end of a rainbow? Um, well, I'll, t- I can t- I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a story. We once played, once played Cone at the end of the... And it was a really wet, wet wicket. And as, as Chris has told us... I'm, I try and be as neat and as tidy as I possibly can. But on that, but on that game, the first ball of the game, I was stood up and it, and it took a massive um, divot out of the pitch and hit me flush in the middle of my head. And after that, it was just a disaster. I dropped anything that came to me. And a 20-over game, and I thought, right, last, last ball, this will be fine. It got hit to um, fine leg. 
Joe Hawke was throwing it in. I put, got my hands up ready and it went straight through my, went straight through my hands and hit me on my head again. And I had a massive, uh, massive mud patch on my cap from <laughs> where it had hit me. And then he turned to me and went, you need a day off. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> can I just say, lads, that there's a huge difference here. Okay, if you threw the ball in, in the, back in the day, it would plug. You throw the ball in now to Joe Martin, it skids on. My funniest stories from you, and again, it took you an hour and a half to tell us in the dressing room. <laughs> and every second was absolute gold. Tell us that story in the, I think it was Sunday League game in Somerset. Uh, you played the uh, championship game. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how you'd gone. Raining. And then what happened after that? Well, we're playing at, at Bath, it was, uh, Somerset, and they had uh, Gavaska. Bib was on it, uh, West Indies duty, so they had Gavaska as their kind of overseas player and he good side. And we were going down, a bit of ragtag and bobtail too. And it, were, it rained all day Saturday. And we're on the game on Sunday. We're playing John Player Sunday, and it's going to be live BBC2 televised game. Uh, but it rained all day Saturday. So we're all on the piss uh, throughout the afternoon. And uh, we all went out, had a great night out. And I had a very, very late night. And I can remember getting back to the hotel in the early hours of the morning. Unfortunately for me, the manager was sat at the bar having a nightcap with the coach and he catched me very late, you know, still raining outside. And uh, I tried to sneak down, you know, and get up to me, get up to the room without them noticing, but unfortunately he clocked me. Next morning, I got a dressing down. But when I woke up next morning, I opened the curtains, it's bloody like today, it's cracking, they're going to be playing because we thought it was going to be off, you know, be playing. So uh, I got a bit of a bollocking off the manager, Jack Bond. I got to ground and I was really running around doing laps, doing press-ups, star jumps, you know, looking as though I were really up for it. Uh, but I was really feeling rough. And we, locked, we won the toss and we batted. We got about 200. And then they went into bat and uh, we got, it's live on telling, family watching, friends, blue normally. Uh, I'm to keep it. And uh, we start off, we get a couple out. I catch Gavaska quite early on and we're doing okay. And then both them's in. And obviously, we know you've got to get him out. It was the 80s, it was about 1980. It was his real, you know, the test match. And uh, Bernard really were bowling. And uh, Bernard from the Enfield, you know, he bowled one, a bit short of the length. And Bolton went to pull it and went straight up. And it went straight up and straight up and straight up. And of course, I've got the gloves on and I shout for it. And I can see it now, you know, even after all these years, 40 years ago, and I was, and it was a steepler. And it never really entered my head it with both of them. You know, it doesn't, you're concentrating, aren't you, at the time? And I'm just underneath it. And the wind caught it and went right through my hands. I didn't get a glove on it, I don't. And, and uh, I was just led on the turf, you know, live on BBC Two as games used to be then. And I dropped it and he won the game for him. And of course, it came back to haunt me because I'd been late in the night before or in the morning of the game. And uh, it wasn't one of my best moments. It was one of those things, I don't think it made any difference whether I'd been on the piss or not. But because I'd been on the piss, it certainly didn't help my career. It wasn't a great career move. No. But the funny thing was when uh, I felt really bad in my family and we lost the game, Bolton went on to the game. And I did catch him eventually, but it was too late. Anyway, I went in the pub in Manchester where I was living at the time. And when I walked in, all the lads in the pub, as soon as I walked in, they all went, look out! And they all went like this. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of sympathy. I didn't get a lot of sympathy. <laughs> I remember that when you were telling us that story and we were all willing you to catch it. And catch it? I still am now. Why didn't I catch it, Jess? Why didn't I catch it? <laughs> Great, man.
great memories. So, I mean, yeah. we, you know, we're rolling on. It's been a fantastic podcast, this Chris. Stan is, you know, we, we're going to mop it up in the next five or ten minutes. Stan, is there anything yeah. you want to finish with about your good old friend from uh, from police? And, and we haven't even talked about police cricket. Well, we did well, a lot of that, didn't we? Well, there's so much to say, and I, I'm, I'm a little bit emotional because this, this <laughs> you've not spent any money, have you, Stan? Bloody hell! Get <laughs> a bottle of this That's what it is. He's a great guy. Ah, we're um, good mates, Stan, aren't we? We're good mates, pal. A great player, and he's been a great friend. But he should be great. He should be closer to the club than he is. Yeah, you're right. You are right, and I feel bad about that. I do genuinely. Because uh, I had a lot of happy memories there. But me and you are good mates, Dan, aren't we? Proper. Chris, we'll always be good mates. And we were fe- ferocious combatants. I remember at the back end of my uh, police career, I took up wicketkeeping because we had no wicketkeeping. Caught a catch, stood up against Jez, which says to me that I was okay. Yeah. We played at Liverpool, and, and, and a Liverpool player slashed at the ball, and it went to third man. It never left the ground. And I died full length and missed. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, you went keeping. You must have been injured. You gave me the biggest little <laughs> 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 I've been keeping for about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Making a bit of a fist of it. <laughs> and you only did it because it was me. Because just used to, we just used to fire off again. Yeah. And I loved it. But well, I tell you what, Stan, do you remember that time we went to Cornwall and you got 100 every day on a Every day. That's I never do. been done. But you still didn't give me any credit. Great player. Uh, oh, I did, I did. And arrogant when we played, we beat Barbados Police, didn't we? Fantastic. We're both, deep down, Chris, we're both socialists. I know. And I, and I was from a poorer background than you, but you never forgave me that credit. <laughs> And we used to, and I'd walk into the change rooms and I'd say, bloody hell, Maggie Thatcher, she sorted them unions out. <laughs> and boof! Boof! I'm still the same now. I'm still the same now. I can't stop it. I can't stop I'd, it. I'd let the blue touch paper. Oh, just mention Boris Johnson and that's it. I'm off. I'm off on one. Oh, Scotty. Scotty. I'll never, never change. change. You'll never change. No. With some great times. Great times in the place. Great times at the club. It was, it was good fun. And Stan, thanks ever so much for your coming yeah, uh, on now. And it was a surprise to Scotty, I promise. I didn't tell him before, and but I didn't. No, you didn't. I want to come on if you'd have said. We're not daft, Chris. The only other good story I can recollect, which I was thinking about before this, was um, I'm pretty sure it was a rain, a rain affected game at Enfield. And Stan wrote the, uh, in one of Stan's stories uh, clips already, he's already told this the joke about the single brown hair. Um, ad uh, in the Lonely Hearts column where I'm pretty sure it was the same um, thing and, and Chris liked doing crosswords so he's got his Sunday paper <laughs> and doing uh, and doing crosswords in corner and, and, and Stan kept saying well give us a clue come on we're bored come on give us a give us a, give us one we can if, one you can't get and all this and he were whining Scott he's like, no I'm, I'm just doing my crossword leave me alone Stan and he wouldn't Stan wouldn't let it go and let it go and uh and eventually, Chris gives in. He says, all right, then. All right, then, Stan. He said, uh, I'll give you a clue. I can't get with this one. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. So you might be able to help me out. Um, eight down, postman's sack. So all dressing in, all, think of it. And, and, and sure enough, Stan, straight away, 
Well, I mean, he let us scot it. <laughs> fucking millions, Dad. <laughs> fucking millions. <laughs> Tables went over. <laughs> Kitchen line the right room. <laughs> It was unbelievable. That was brilliant, Gary. I do remember. Scotty, I think. Two minutes down. I got him. I got him. Gary, that's so true. How many letters? A fucking sackful. Brilliant. Scotty, thanks ever so much for coming on. I've really enjoyed it, Jazz. It's been great fun. It's great to see you. Chris Scott, Lancashire, England schoolboy. Played four ice for as long as he did. And I know Stan says about coming down the club, and there is all difficulties. There's, there's, the times have changed, but let's hope this brings not just yourself, Scotty, but other people back down, and we, you know, we can do this over a proper pint over the bar. Yeah. Scotty, thanks ever so much for joining us, and oh, yeah. we'll see you all soon. Absolutely, up the house. Send more house to save the house.